it's, it's it, this is my baby. I mean, tell me what you love about your children, and you can both sit there and name a thousand things. Sometimes I was, it's my kid. I love it. You know. <laughs> Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on the road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24 foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. You know what month it is? Uh, as we record this, May. It's May, and as it comes out, it's May. Still May. <laughs> but you know what that makes me think of? May. Spring. Spring. Yes, you got it. May spring. Spring. And it made me think of that too, just because we're sitting here and it's like the sunshine is shining and the, the trees are, there's buds in the trees. And where we're at in Montana, um, just a week ago, there were no flowers. So right, so where we're at on uh, Big Fork, Big Fork, near Big Fork, where we're at on Flathead Lake, when we were driving in here a week ago, there were, um, well, there always are, cherry orchards everywhere. And then just recently, we were driving down that same road again, and there were cherry blossoms on all those, what, dead-looking trees because they're no longer dead looking they're beautiful yeah and they like, were kind of dead looking when we first came up yeah, but, but now there's these now beautiful pretty with white flowers all over the place yeah, springtime means so. cherries are coming soon cherries coming soon to you okay uh do you know what else you can do in spring drink beer <laughs> yes but what else can you do in spring think about drinking beer <laughs> okay beer's on your mind biking Oh, yes. You can bike in It spring is springtime, time, yeah. and you can go mountain biking. And you know what's really cool? We're going to talk to Adam Eckhart. He's one of the founders of Crank Arm Brewing in Raleigh, North Carolina. Do you know why we're talking to them? Because he runs a brewery, and we like breweries, and we like beer. True. But do you know... And we like bikes. And we like Mount Europe. That's true, too. We do. And that's how we got <laughs> this one. So thanks. This is another um, great interview um, for Malt Europe highlighting American Craft Beer Week. So bikes, beer, spring, more beer. More bikes. More bikes. Beer love, bike love. Beer love, bike love, bike love, beer love. You kind of just get a bunch of bonus points right out of the gate if you yeah. put bikes and beer together for us. So We're in. And probably most of you guys too. So, yeah. So that's um, like I said, it's another um, brewery that we ah, haven't been to. Kenny, how do you feel about that? Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Um, but at least Kinda we've, in air quotes, at least we've been there <laughs> because of Malt Europe um, highlighting these breweries for American Craft Beer Week, which is um, May 10th through the 16th. So if you're hearing this. Before then, no, you or will. during that week, if well, if you're listening yeah. to this, some people are going to listen to this later. But for those of you that listened to it before or during that week, get out there and drink some beer because it's beer time. Yeah, in America, it's awesome. Mm. <laughs> I love beer time. So um, yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> we hope you enjoy talking to Adam because he'll, um, yeah, definitely bikes and beer and and community support and music. Music, yeah. Because we also have Galen Smith. He's um, one of the craft sales managers for Mount Europe. 
And we also have Galen on there with Adam, and it turns out they've been longtime friends. So they worked together, but they were also like friends when they were like in their teenage years. Roommates. And had a band. Band together. Yeah. So it's cool to get those connections. And Crank Arm mm-hmm. has their own bike team. Like um, a serious bike team. I'm like team. throwing out all the spoilers, but. Yeah, but Adam will tell you more about it. Yeah, we'll let Adam give you the details on it. And, and just so you're aware, as we head into this interview, um, the audio was a little bit rough in places just because it was a, you know, it's that time where we had to do this with internet connections and the internet, I think, where Adam was at was a little rough, but that's okay. We made it work and we made it sound pretty good. So, yeah, you awesome. still get the, the whole story and nothing but the story. We're going to let Adam tell the story, though. <laughs> and I'm going to stop channeling movie references that I don't know very well. I don't even know what you're talking about. So here's Adam. Here's Adam. Shh, shh, quiet. Well, my name is Adam Eckhart, and Crank Arm Brewing Company was a dream that started in January of 2009, about the time that Obama was inaugurated. I lost my job, and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? And I had a lot of hope, and so... uh, I've been a pretty avid home brewer for a while and just thought that um, I would go where the passion lie and um, so started the, the, the journey down the path to figuring out what I was going to do. And uh, some people were like, your house always smells like beer. You make pretty good beer. want to do that. And I was like, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, so I hooked up with one of my friends who was in the industry and was like, we should do a cycling theme brewery. I'm like, yeah, we should do a cycling theme brewery. Uh, so that led us down the path that eventually became Crank Arm Rickshaw. So we started a rickshaw company first and then uh, with, with another one of our partners and then Crank Arm Brewing Company. So we opened four years and six months after concept. So it uh, took a little bit of time, a lot of time, heard a lot of no's. Uh, that eventually led to the number of yeses we need, needed to, to get going. So the idea was always to uh, have a cycling theme pedestrian brewery in downtown Raleigh, which at the time of when we opened, uh, downtown was a sleepy giant, which it is again, and hopefully to wake back up. Um, there wasn't much going on down, down here. There were a lot of unfilled buildings and government workers and stuff. There were there were some businesses that opened a number of years, but not a lot of density yet. So it was an untapped uh, area, very uh, conducive to, uh, to to get around with your bicycle. Although now it's even more bike friendly here. So uh, with that, we, we themed our our, uh, our beers and our brewery after uh, the things we loved, and uh, here we are today. Have you been able to follow, like, okay, so brewing brewing, and having a brewery and owning a brewery takes up a lot of time. So have you been able to still keep up your passion for biking? Not as much. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, honestly, I, all the, this is an all-consuming beast. And with the pandemic, we've really consolidated and I put on more hats. Uh, so I ride, but I used to ride seven days a week and I'd get up in the morning and I'd go for a ride. I'd get off of work. I'd go for a ride. I'd get off work early and go to the mountains and go go ride mountain bikes with my friends. Uh, I'd take extended vacations to that. And now uh, I, I do ride, but it's not the, it's not the level of a session that I had before. It's just 
you know, in a day I have to go a certain amount of distance. And while I'm fast, I'm not that fast. Um, you know, I can't 150 miles on my bicycle in a day and get where I need to go between the areas. So unfortunately our mass transit doesn't allow that either. It'd be great if I could hop on my bike, get on a train, go to Durham, ride around Durham. That would, that would solve a problem. But unfortunately, uh, it's it's gone from like seven days a week to once or twice a week, um, which is still good, but it's not what I want. <laughs> I'd love to ride a lot more often. Right. Sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, necessity. There's no other way around it. You know, yeah. We do what we have to, to get, get through and make things happen. I guess we can go straight into it since I said the word sacrifices. What are some challenges that you've met up this past year with COVID and all that? Or have you had to make any sacrifices or things like that? Yeah, you name it, it's run the full thing. Uh, the word pivot or, you know, is not, oh, we've had to change so much. So when a year ago, we completely were shut down at first. Uh, we laid everyone off, including ourselves. Uh, shut her down for a minute just to see what was going on until the governor uh, deemed us an essential personnel. And then Michael, who's my business partner and the head brewer here, uh, came back in and we're doing everything. We were brewing the beer. We were delivering the beer. We were packaging the beer, selling the beer, curbside and a wholesale accounts. So we were went from a company of 25 people to a company of zero, then two. Wow. Doing uh, we were the year before last, we had 2,500 barrels with an expansion project on the way, which is now complete, which would let us do up to 20,000 barrels. So, uh, we went from that and about 20 something people between bartenders and staff down to two. Uh, so to, <laughs> to say we'd sacrificed last year, I mean, ultimately it all, I would say paid off. We're back up and running at a limited capacity. Um, we're packaging a mass amount of our beers um, more than ever thought. We're in grocery, which is something that I thought we'd never be in as a small independent brewery. Um, but luckily we were able to, uh, you know, a lot of places supported local and supported us. So while there've been a lot of sacrifices, there's been a lot of uh, sharpening of the sword. Like we've really honed in on who we are and what we do. Uh, we, we're getting our best practices really fine, you know, finally handled. Our tap room is looking amazing. Our staff uh, is, is doing a, a really great job of providing safety here. Um, our sales force and our delivery um, team is doing a great job. So um, I think while over the past year we've sacrificed, I think at the same time, what we've really done is taken a minute while things are a little slower uh, as far as volume in here to really look at ourselves and and hone in on what we do best and try to do it better. I just have to say that everybody in the brewing industry and a lot of other industries as well, but the positivity that comes out of something that can just can be, that is harsh and negative has always been something that's drawn us to the brewing industry as well. And so you see it during COVID, but you also see it just in the tap room itself and how people in the brewing industry just band together to keep things going. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that this is very much a, a lifestyle, more than just a, it's not a job. I mean, this is something that, you know, is is my second career, uh, you know, when I, well, I'd say third career uh, out of out of college and, and whatnot. And it was something that I really wanted to do. And so every day, 
when you get up and even you have a bad day, you're doing what you really love and wanted to do. So um, that positivity is because a lot of this, I know for people like me, is a dream. So when you wake up and you do a dream, and even if it's a little tough, uh, you still are happy and you can, you know, it's not about industries where at the end of the day, you sit down and you can, you can drink the dream that you had, right? That's a pretty amazing thing. Um, for me, you know, we're not, I'm not, there's no pretension of what we are. You know, we, we're, I'm a bike enthusiast and a beer enthusiast that, that does those things day in and day out. Uh, you know, it sort of surprised me when somebody that rides bikes goes, how do you know about that? I'm like, cause I'm you, man, we're, 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 we're friends. This is the thing that we do, you know? Um, so taking two passions and combining them together into a business helps me keep perspective and, and enjoy this more. Well, and you know, beyond just being a bike themed brewery and you having a passion for riding bikes yourself, I, I think you guys have also have a, like a team, right. Right. From the brewery and like, like not just a, a really minor low level team. It sounds like you have some good sponsors and everything. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the team side and racing and, and the different stuff that you're involved with, but with the brewery sponsoring a bike team? Yeah. So for us early on, it was just us riding and two of my business partners uh, that aren't quite as active in the business, they still ride like to those levels and have done the great divide race. They've done the Colorado trail, done some serious stuff. Um, and with being in that sort of circle or gamut of cyclists that we brought on two of the best cyclists in the area to start. Uh, they're both winners that win all the races and just their podium and, are on the podium left and right. And so they just, once we had decided that we were really, we stopped uh, investing time and money in the uh, rickshaw company, just because it wasn't quite as feasible. It had been at one time putting so much effort for a little return in it. We realized that those times effort and money was better spent on sponsoring local uh, excellent cyclists. So basically we just watched who else was getting on the podium uh, in, in local races and started just talking about the team and what we could do for them to, you know, both, uh, you know, raise their level of cycling and to be brand ambassadors. So for us, and actually some of them, they just came to us, like some of our guys that are a little more like the freestyle riders that have come up. I'm still trying to get a pro uh, BMX cyclist to ride for us. And hopefully we'll get that eventually. Uh, Cause there's some things that we, we are interested with that. I just don't know a ton of those folks. Um, but that sort of brought them to us. And now it's a self-sufficient team where there's a board of directors that are the cyclists on the team and sort of run it. And basically once the budget's set, they just, they, they rock and roll. So, you know, they're able to take our van and, and ride and do all that. But along with that level of, um, we also have a, you know, a club. So it's like we, we're, we've got elite cyclists that are sponsored by, you know, track and a number of other, these professional things, but we also support the community with the, with the weekly rides. So, you know, we're not trying to be this elitist team that doesn't, you know, cater to everyone that, you know, enjoys uh, cycling. Um, but we have that. So that adds a bit of prestige. I mean, it's sort of how we look at our beers, too. You know, we have a, a delicious everyday drinking pale ale, and then we have these, you know, prestige level barrel-aged beers. So uh, we, we sort of have the, the everyday and the prestige things for the brand. It's in parallel for both, uh, both passions. Nice. And then, so talking about all that community, um, how, 
I know you also like to give back to the community as well. So you do it with the bike team and then you also have like your, just your bikers and cyclists joining up there. What other programs and things do you do to help out with the community and how do they, how does the community help you? Well, it's, it's, it's all, it's all symbiotic as it should be with, you know, a, a public house, right? That I mean, that literally a pub is, is the place that everyone gathers and that's how we set up the, the uh, brewery pre-pandemic or before all of this was, you know, for large community tables. But the way that we give back, uh, we helped found a organization called Oaks and Spokes, uh, which is a bike advocacy uh, uh, committee, um, or actually now they're a, a not-for-profit organization. So we we're early on founding members, and then we, we don't have a huge active role Although we do, you know, uh, charity sponsorships with them and do a lot of events with them. The, their, pres- their former president is, leads one of our rides. Um, so that's one way. We also work with Water for Good for uh, Tour de Brew, which uh, Water for Good provides clean drinking water for folks in countries where water is just not accessible. So we do the Tour de Brew with them and we've done uh, beers with them. And then also, so that's, those are two of them. That are our third organization is called the Triangle Sp- folks group and um we tie in with them with a bunch of events although one of the direct fundraisers we do for them is with our sunday yoga a portion of the uh proceeds of that go to the triangle spokes group and they provide bicycles for kids in need at christmas time oh cool it's full full gamut um you know and and while we do focus on cycling you know I, i mentioned the yoga we we have a run club, so it's it's active lifestyle. It's 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 getting outdoors. It's doing all those things. So uh, the three main we sort of focus on those charities. We do other charities as well, but in general, if it's those are very aligned with our core values. Um, and like Tour de Brew, the first one I believe happened in Portland, and the second one happened here in Raleigh. So we really helped organize that. So um, those are our three main charities, though, that we do we help with the community. I love it. How have you seen like your vendors like Malt Europe or other um, vendors kind of supporting you through this past year and even before that? So a lot of them have been very understanding as we're trying to get through this and navigate it with offering us different products or, you know, being a little more uh, understanding as we're trying to (laughs) navigate the finances of things. There's been a lot of ways uh, with their, uh, you know, when we're in that sort of limbo, people were very understanding because everyone was in that same limbo. So, uh, uh, you know, in that first, before we were even able to partially reopen. So let's say it was March to May, that was, there was no, there was only retail to go. And when you have a space in downtown Raleigh, the real estate cheap. So uh, we were really trying to stretch a buck. So that definitely had having some understanding from our vendors was great. Uh, you know, working with awareness, things like this are very key, uh, you know, for helping with marketing, et cetera. So. Galen gave you a lot of love. Yeah. Well, I've known Galen a long time. I mean, close to 20 years, Galen. Yeah, I think so. I was, I was thinking back on the exact number, but I mean, I, I met you when I was like 18. Yeah, I met Galen. I didn't even realize he wasn't. Yeah, anyways, let's not talk about that. I shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, you're straight in. From what I understand, you guys go way back before even the, the beer careers. I mean, 
you yeah. guys played music in bands together and you've had you've both had breweries and worked at breweries and now Galen's working on the malt side and man it's been a lot we're roommates for a little while too so, uh, yeah there's been a lot <laughs> we've been through a lot <laughs> who's the better musician oh Galen by a mile <laughs> Just a singer. He can actually play an instrument. (laughs) But you're a better singer by far. Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) Wait, are you still singing? You should sing something for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm retired. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to get the band back together. That was a terrible mistake. (laughs) That sounds like a a good name for a beer. Maybe uh, don't get the band back together. (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to go further in um, music, so that's going to stop. There's no more getting the band back together. But it sounds like we're going further with beer. So how about where do you see, like, the future of craft beer, the industry itself, heading? Uh, You know, that's a really interesting question because, you know, we're seeing a much more mature craft beer market and the things that are going on. So, you know, as always, hoping that there's, you know, innovation, but also a return to classics, which we're seeing a lot of. Um, you know, we made a food or lager um, recently, and we're going to make some more of that. And that's something that, you know, maybe a few years ago, people didn't even know what fooders were. Uh, and now that they're mostly used for souring, and now that folks are able to appreciate a, a Dortmunder, a Dortmunder, Dortmunder uh, lager that's been aged in an oak vessel and, like, enjoy it, that's pretty amazing to me. You know, and then, of course, there's things that are, you know, pushing the boundaries of of what beer is, um, you know, even, you know, the seltzer market and, and uh, you know, th- that sours have become an everyday thing when people come in and go, you only have one sour on? And I remember <laughs> 10 years ago, uh, you're drinking a sour beer and you let somebody sip it and they just make that face and just go, that, that's garbage. What are you drinking? So, uh one, so I guess that's a multifolded thing, right? One is that we're pushing forward and that also the consumers have become savvy, uh, understand the nuances of beer. Um, and there's sort of like the, you know, there's the folks that only want the whales. They only want to drink something if it's got a ton of adjuncts and crazy flavors. And there's the folks that can appreciate the fine stuff. So there's a general knowledge of the beer. And with that, that makes us once again hone our process to make better, you know, OG style beers along with the new stuff that, that, that the, the, all the crazy kids are crazy. Into. So with all those crazy kids and all the crazy styles and, and even going back to maybe more traditional beers, what's amidst all these breweries, what would you say Crank Arm is known for? Well, one is for, for making consistently solid beer, um, true to style on those, those old school styles. And then also for innovation, you know, I think pre pandemic, we were making 60-inch styles of beer a year, unique flavors, not like, you know, oh, we made, because like if we counted the units, we have a single hot pale ale. If we counted every one of those, it was like every month we'd have a new one of those. That would put us in the mid-70s. But we, you know, you come into the brewery right now, there's 15 beers on the board. We're going everywhere from that that uh, Dortmunder uh, beer-aged lager to, you know, a bourbon barrel aged fudge stout to us a, a sour with with that's been dry hopped with tangerine to a, a west coast inspired ipa that uses the hazy hops in it um we've got a seltzer that we made we made what might be the first sour seltzer that's ever been made in um conjunction with lalamond 
uh, yeast using the sour VCA, or no, actually we used the, the Philly sour on that. Uh, so we made a sour lemonade seltzer. It tastes like a hard lemonade. Um, so variety and consistency. So is it accurate that you don't filter any of your beers either? In general, we do not. So we just use slow, cold crashing and findings to get our beers uh, there. We've talked about as we, you know, at 70% packaging, um, filtering on the lagers is definitely something that we're interested in. Uh, we feel that like when you filter things, a lot of times you're, you're stripping flavor. So we, we tend to not want to do that. Um, but at the same time, you really don't want a light lager to have, uh, to have any kind of yeast product in there because, you know, you can give a flavor for sure. So cause some issues. You can hear like the passion in your voice talking about just all the different styles of beer. You can hear it when you're talking about the brewery, you can hear it in the biking and all that. So like what's something in the brewing industry or within Crank Arm itself that is just really, that just, I don't know, get your heart beating. That just really is that, that big piece of passion that you love to come to work for. I mean, it's, it's, it's the essence of this business is, I mean, the heart of it is the, the, the beer and bikes. I mean, our, our, Slogan isn't just like a slogan from a marketing team. It came from my heart, beer, love, bike, love. So, I mean, those are the things that, that get me going, creating new things, you know, being innovative, uh, but also doing the other stuff, you know, uh, it's, it's, this is my baby. I mean, tell me what you love about your children and you can both sit there and name a thousand things. Sometimes I was, it's my kid. I love it. You know, (laughs) Kind of a dumb question then. Well, duh. I just, no, just, just no. <laughs> well, speaking of love, then what's some um, accomplishments in the brewing industry that you've had or, you know, with Crank Arm or awards or credentials? You know, one of my biggest uh, accolades, and this is a sh- very much a shared accolade for Michael and I, is that uh, in 2016, we won a Great American Beer Festival bronze medal for White Wall Wheat. The white wall wheat recipe was formulated on my back porch about 12, 13 years ago. So I made that on my back porch. It was a predecessor to say a a, um, white IPA because that didn't exist then. So you take a wit beer uh, instead of using any spices, no coriander, no orange zest, anything like that. We use citra hops or I use citra hops. And at home, it was a stronger version with a lot more hops uh, but as we decided to open this up, Michael and I, I actually, it was a little before that, I decided to make the sessionable version because as I was home brewing, went downscaling things, a little more sessionable, so I could hang out and drink a few more than just pound in some 8 9% beers. So we won a bronze medal for that in 16, and then in 18, we turned around and won a gold medal uh, wow. for one week. So to have something that I created on my back porch then collaborate with Michael to scale it up for production. And at the time when I made it, people were like, why are you putting hops in a wit beer? Because it wasn't really something that was done fairly often. And then to basically go from a crazy style beer to win the best example of, of that beer style category in the nation was a pretty big accomplishment. Um, and, I, you know, and it was a team accomplishment. So that, that's a big thing that uh, people can tell you for when I won that bronze I had that metal in my, my bike bag pretty much every day and any sales call I'd go in and I'd throw it on the table and like, this is the beer need to have. This is the third best. And when I got the gold, uh, Jesus, they, I was, I was wearing it around, uh, Denver when we won it, 
another copy of it because it was so beer soaked and gross because we (laughs) shower us so uh so yeah it was pretty amazing you know to fist bump charlie papazian who basically was one of the people that started me on my you know like most brewers that's the book right the you know um that you start with is charlie's book so uh to, to fist bump him and uh and get that was a pretty amazing moment what beers are you brewing now? Like, what are you excited about that's coming up on your tap list? Uh, you know, so what's really fun is uh, the, I, that I can't stop talking about the food or lager spoke city. Uh, love that beer. Um, drinking a ton of that. We have this no coast IPA that, like I said, it's uh, called long steady distance, which is both a cycling and a running term. Uh, that's become a new flagship for us. So we're using those juicy hops in a moderately balanced bitter IPA. So you get a nice bitterness with this very citrusy flavor. So it's like the best of both worlds, that nice fun West Coast-ish sort of thing going on. It has haze, but it's from hops, not from oats. Um, so it's it's not a hazy IPA, which we do have a, a gamut of those because that's what all all the the uh, the haze boys want and girls want the so uh, we've got that too, but uh, I really think that's a beer. I, I can drink a few more than of those because it is lighter in body and not just like drinking an oatmeal sandwich uh, every time you have one. But, so those two have been like pretty standout for me right now. And then also um, we have traditionally made sours. So we start with a nice Saison, age it in white wine barrels, um, the Britannomyces, and then add tart cherry to it. And it's super delightful. It's really funky, tart. The cherry is a nice accent in there. Um, takes me back to, like, the roots of drinking things like uh, Petrus Pale Ale, which was the first sour I had, and it was a complete accident because I saw it on a list and thought it was, like, a Sierra Pale Ale probably 50-something years ago. Um, I was like, this isn't a Pale Ale. And they're like, you thought it was going to be a Pale Ale. And I was like, well, I it was like, do you want me to take it back? I'm like, no, that's delicious. So, uh, so it's sort of reminiscent of that. And a lot of folks aren't doing a lot of those right now. A lot of the the sours or the kettle soured or the stainless sours that are happening. So it's fun to do that as well. So with that said, you, you've got a lot coming up too. Um, there's American Craft Beer Week coming up in May. Do you guys have anything special planned for that? Honestly, we've been so careful with our events that like things like that have have sort of fallen the wayside, you know, in the past we'd be like really on these and pre-planning for weeks like that. And now because uh, May is also bike month. So, um, uh, and we did just plan an event with that. We're doing a light up the night ride that we're doing socially distanced and with sign up limits uh, on that. So uh, we don't have any plans yet, but I guess I need to get on something. So, uh, (laughs) So well, speaking of bike bike month coming up then too, I can't let you go. We can't let you go. We're not done yet, but we can't let you go without talking about biking trails. So, I mean, North Carolina, if anybody yeah. interested in biking in North Carolina, like we are, Asheville, obviously, or all the other places in Pisgah National Forest and all that stuff, where yeah. are some of your favorite trails? Oh man, I, so uh, like uh, the, the Slick Rock trails that we have, which are so unique for this area, you know, out west, that's so much more of that uh, in DuPont. 
Like those, those slick, slick rock trails are amazing. Um, there's some really fun flowy trails outside of Asheville called Bent Creek that I really like. Uh, I've ridden some of the gnarly stuff that you're not supposed to ride and I want to talk about on here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, locally, you know, the fun thing about being here is that we, it's not so much like when you go to the mountains, it's you ride up and then you descend. Here, there's a lot, we're not quite the foothills, but it's sort of foothillish. So there's a lot of flowy trails. And so there's some fun stuff here uh, to ride. Um, you know, and the funny thing is, is that I'm talking about this, you know, I haven't ridden my mountain bike on a trail in six years, and that makes me really sad. Uh, I, I rode so much. I mean, there were, there were years that I maybe be 280 plus days on my mountain bike. Uh, so, um, you know, and when I run to those old friends, like, you got fat. I'm like, well, I don't ride every day of the year. <laughs> and I drink a, little, a lot more beer uh, or, or the price of beer has gone down for me. Or maybe it's gone up depending on how you look at it. Because uh, now I buy it at a fermenter it's time versus, uh, you know, single beers. But, um, but yeah, no, I really love to ride up up there. Um, you know, one of the fastest trails that I've ridden and also I've got my worst injury, like ended up in a wheelchair for a little bit was uh, at Solly. It's just so fast and you go so far especially when you fall off and go on your face. Wow. So uh, that was the, that was uh, nine stitches and a concussion on Solly. And I still, I still, it's so much fun. So, so um, plus the whitewater is really fun there, which uh, that didn't become part of the, the theme for the brewery, but I, I was very active in the whitewater kayaking as well. So it's like on dry days I'd ride and on wet days I'd boat. So, uh, so yeah, that, there's a lot of fun stuff all up through there. Um, you know, been out West and, and ridden uh, in Park City and and ridden stuff out there and and up north and ridden some fun stuff as well. So, um, you know, one of those things that like, hopefully as uh, we get things settled back in and we can employ some more folks, I can get a new bike and go for some uh, trips and just uh, uh, get back in the saddle. Once there are bikes available, right? I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that, yeah, no kidding. That's definitely uh, interesting to see. There was a little while where. Uh, folks were coming to me going, you got any inner tubes from the rickshaws? I'm, I'm like, yeah, I have a few. Why? They're like, you can't get inner tubes right now. I'm like, what? I was like, time to go tubeless, y'all. So, uh, <laughs> time to adapt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just, just you speaking like that, get, you tell you're all excited about the different trails and you're passionate about that. I want to ask this question now because your character and your personality, but like if you were a beer, what beer would you be? Oh, a beer. Uh, oh, what kind of beer am I? I can see in Galen's okay. eyes, he's got ideas. <laughs> Come on, Galen. <laughs> but you got to answer first. I want to hear yours first, Adam, and then we'll hear maybe what Galen says. Oh, man, no. I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe a, a cool ship beer, uh, something that was wa wildly, spontaneously uh, fermented uh, that's got some really uh, delicious yet maybe uh, some uh, horse hair in there, too, a little funkiness in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that's that's how that's what I'd, I'd say. What, what, how about you, Galen? What would you say about me? I mean, you're not wrong about a cool ship beer, spontaneously fermented and kind of go either way. Um, but uh, but yeah, something, yeah. <laughs> something definitely big and and loud and um, you know maybe a maybe a maybe an American barley one. I said throw it in a barrel, and I think okay. you're right. Barely is American <laughs> barley one. Adam Eckhart. Here we go. I like it. Well, I can't, wait. I can't wait until we get a chance to go there and, uh, yeah, and visit Ooh. you and, like, be oh, man. forefront of this big personality that you have. I love it. It's just the coolest brewery. Um, you know, uh, 
Adam, you opened up Crank Arm right before you and I uh, moved in together. Um, and, yep. you know, watching you guys kind of like, you know, go through all the stuff that a, that a startup brewery goes through is really awesome. Um, and the brewery is just the coolest. You know, they have a really nice outside patio. The bike theme stuff going on inside is awesome. You definitely need to make it out here when you're in Raleigh. Absolutely. Oh, we will. Yeah. Wait, I still want to know, Adam, what's your favorite style of beer? You know, that changes so often. Um, but go to like what I've been drinking for the past three years. And I think a lot of brewers have sort of leaned this way is, is the delicious, like a crisp, delicious, uh, noble hopped uh, Pilsner. Uh, that's just like had the right amount of time aged. Uh, if it's naturally carbonated, even better. So for tight lacing, fine bubbles in it. So the mouth feels really fun. Uh, but just the, 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 the beauty of, of like a Zaz uh, dry hop Pilsner to me is just, and we make one. And so it's like, as those beers have gotten popular, like I get to, and it seems like if it, things can be the way it is, it's going to become a flagship. So our bike pump Pilsner, I get to drink that year round. I won't cry. <laughs> <laughs> you had me drooling. Yeah. You're discreet yeah. about it. <laughs> Well, we have no more questions unless you have anything else you wanted to add. No, not really. I really appreciate your time uh, to, to hear our story and to learn about us. Um, you know, we're just, we're very appreciative of our, the community support we've had over the past year. We could not have done it without the community. You know, everyone supported us during curbside and all of those things. And now as we're opening back up, you know, and we're following the strict guidelines, you know, all the folks that are coming out, and trusting us with their health because we, we take that, you know, our staff and community's health very seriously. Um, just thank you to the, thank you to the, the community in the world for uh, supporting us through this because, uh, you know, it, not everyone has been so lucky through all this. Yeah. True that. And well, and as a big beer fan at heart, we thank you for sticking it out and all the brewers out there finding ways to be nimble and, deal with the everyday every day you have something different thrown at you especially this last year it's been left right every corner you turn there's something new something different not that i'm usually ever bored but i definitely haven't been bored over the past year <laughs> yeah. before to uh, some time where i can just sit put my feet in the sand and be completely bored <laughs> <laughs> that will last all about what 10 minutes and then you'd be like what can i do i have to do something yeah yeah my fiance will probably shut me down for a minute she'll just She'll help me out with that. She's good at that. <laughs> I have to say too, like the the brewers um, in like Malt Europe and the other vendors, like you know all the different like hop vendors and everybody who's been working in all the different industries have been for the most part pretty supportive, nimble, flexible. Yeah. So I think it's just cheers to everybody who's kept everything going. Yeah. Well, and here's looking forward to the time when we can come into Crank Arm and sit down with you and have a great beer. Yeah, just let me know. I'll be happy to host y'all. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great Thank day. You, Adam. All right, you, All right, too. you too. Thanks, Adam. Cheers. Thanks again, Nathan. Speaking of nimble and flexible and beer and biking and... I think you were probably thinking of the Spartan race that was going on here this last weekend. Where we're at. Here is where. Here where... Well, we've told people in the beginning. I know, but we're actually... But if you don't remember the beginning of the podcast, that's okay. We're up at uh, 
near Big Fork, Montana on Flathead Lake. Yeah, and the, and the Spartan race was this weekend. The Spartan race just happened so here at the time we record this. Explain what it is. And the Spartan race, I can't, I, I don't know. This is like, so there's like three or four races throughout the weekend, two days. And these are just whacked out crazy people that go run around Athletic a mountain. people that will chase you down and get you for calling them whacked out. But some of them would agree that they're whacked out. I am not. Oh, yeah. I think most of them would okay. agree. <laughs> At least the people we've so, talked to. But yes, very healthy people that are into crazy fitness challenges because they're out running around the mountain. And it's basically stuff like a marathon with mixed with an obstacle course. So you're going through obstacles as you're running a marathon or... There's another race that's a half marathon, a 10K, and a 5K, I believe is what they said they were. But um, that happened, and they have the the marathon length obstacle course on Saturday, and they had the that's half marathon the, also. That was called the Beast, right? It's like I think the a Beast is the half, and I think the marathon length one was the Ultra, wasn't it? The Ultra, is, I think, is... We are We're not obviously not Spartan, Spartan experts. <laughs> I thought the ultra was like 50 miles. I don't know. The ultra is harder than the beast and they're both tough. And they, um, so the only thing I do know somewhat for sure is the ultra has like 60 different obstacles to go through while you're running crazy amounts of running. And the beast has like 30 or 33 different obstacles while you're running crazy amounts of running. And these obstacles aren't just like, you know, hopping over a, uh, fence post it's probably climbing over a fence post that's a fence that's made slippery or it's if like a 400 pound tire that you have to lift up or yeah or it's a some kind of a water feature that you have to get through and what i heard too this is from talking about the people who were attending the spartan race while we were here what i heard as well is if you can't complete one of the obstacles um after you've tried well good luck because now instead of completing it if you can't complete it you have to do like 30 burpees I hate burpees. And there was one girl I talked to, one woman I talked to, and she was like, she said there was three obstacles that she just couldn't get past. So she ended up doing 90 burpees. And then continue running. Uh, Yeah. So I would say after a Spartan race, you deserve a week's worth of beer. Yeah, I would say so. Because your week's worth of beer is the American Craft Beer Week, which is <laughs> May 10th to the 16th. We already talked about that. Nice transition. Hence why we did the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and then after you've... Um, okay, so let's just pretend you did the Spartan Race, whether you did or didn't. Because, <laughs> you know, whatever. You can find some reason to earn a week's They're worth of beer. They're held all the time all over the country, yes. so you can probably find one near you. But even if you don't, <laughs> you can totally find a reason for you to deserve a week's worth of beer. Yeah, American and, Craft Beer Week. That's a good enough reason for me. Yes. And then after <laughs> that, it's actually uh, May is National Bike Month as well. How fitting for Crank Arm Brewing, right? Yep. So then after drinking for a week, uh, Bike to Work Week is May 17th through the 23rd. So then all that beer you drink, you can work off by riding your bike in a huge culmination on Bike to Work Day, which is May 21st. So then you can like eat all kinds of whatever donuts and stuff that generally work people give <laughs> people for rewarding you for doing healthy things. And then that Friday, after you've done your like healthy bike ride to work, ate your donuts, just go back to your brewery and drink more beer. I was going to say, I kind of think that Bike to Work Week should be, you know, a reason to ride your bike to work. And then or, to a brewery? And then to ride to a brewery after work okay. on your way home. Um. 
just keep it in check because you still have to ride. Oh, uh, but you still have to ride home from the brewery. Yes. So keep it keep it cool. Keep it cool. We don't condone drinking and driving even on a bike. Call an Uber. Call an Uber. Or a friend. An Uber with a bike rack. That's a business that's waiting to happen. I'm sure they have them. We don't ride that many Ubers. No, it hasn't happened yet. And nobody steal that idea because we're going to run with it. Okay, you do that. It's 50th Any... on my list of 100 things to do. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I... um, speaking of biking, we've been kind of sad lately with our mountain biking skills. We haven't um, probably ridden on a mountain biking trail for a couple months. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because when we left Arizona, we were back into the snow for a while and then the flatlands for a while and it's mud season. So we have plenty of built in excuses. Um, We did go hiking. But yeah, we have been hiking around here. That's beautiful. So can't wait to get the bikes out on the mountain, too. It was a little wet on the hike, though. It was. But you know what? Even if it's mud season. It'd be more fun to ride in probably a couple more weeks. But mud season, shoulder season, off season, whatever you want to call it, wherever you happen to be, um, the flowers are abutting, the trees are coming back to life, the birds are singing, the trails are drying out. Yeah, so get out your bikes and get on whatever trails you can find. And if you're in Raleigh, take that bike to Crank Arm Brewing. Man, I just expected you to break out in song right there. (laughs) I'm not Mary Poppins. Ooh, biking. Beer. Photography, yoga, that hikes. highly familiar to me. Campfires, s'mores, community, friends. Camp Carpe Diem? Yes. <laughs> okay, everybody say it with me. C-A-M-P-C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M dot com. Go check it out and yeah. join us in URA in October. We need more friends. There's nothing wrong with having more friends. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always room for more friends. Always. Always move for more room for more friends. And yeah, Adam was one of them. And we had a blast talking to Adam. And so I would say on that note. Subscribe. Leave us a review. Share the podcast with friends. Whatever. Just make sure you listen. Yeah. We hopefully, yeah, hopefully you think we're entertaining because we know we're entertaining. Well, we're good at entertaining ourselves. (laughs) Cheers to bikes and beer. Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs.